It's time for another episode of the Core Extra Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Core Extra Podcast. I'm Kurt. And I'm Steve. Welcome, everybody. Hope everybody's doing well. Hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. How was your Thanksgiving, Steve? Uh, well, I, I stuffed myself like a pig, as usual. Yeah. Of course, that's every meal. Well, <laughs> <So>. <laughs> that's just not on Thanksgiving. No, no. Mm. That's every single meal till I have to take digels. I don't digel. I don't think they make them in I don't even think they make them. Tums at night. Actually, I was looking for Alka-Seltzer the other day. Do they still make Do you them? Remember? I, I don't know. I don't know if they used to. We used to keep it in the refrigerator in a long we glass did. tube. Yeah, we did too. The Alka-Seltzers. But uh, yeah, I stuffed myself as usual. And is why is that? Because I'm a fat bastard. That's right. That's right. Everybody knows that. Yes. Well, that's just the way it is. Well, I didn't, I didn't really eat that much, but I ate turkey and everything for like the next three days. <laughs> you know. Leftovers are good. Yeah. You know, I know a guy that won't eat leftovers. I used to know a guy. I don't know him that well. I know a girl who won't eat leftovers. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. I feel an episode of Dr. Phil coming. Yeah. <laughs> well, so that holiday is over. Now everybody's heading 100 miles an hour towards Christmas. You can't get anything because all the ships are off the coast of L.A. Yeah, that's right. I never thought of that about yeah. ordering things. And no, I didn't either, actually. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's all I do. I don't shop anymore. I order everything. Just order it. Just order it online. You know, I'm not a big online guy. I don't I don't like that too much. Not for because I think anything gets compromised. It's just like I like to go to the store and touch it. You know. It's hard to find any stores that are open. Yeah. Anymore. Yeah. A lot I of was at uh, one of the local uh, malls here, and you could shoot a shotgun and not hit anybody that's how many people nobody shows up nobody shows up now in the you mall. wouldn't want to shoot a shotgun in a mall but if you did you wouldn't hit anybody <laughs> it'd be perfectly safe to do so yeah. right hey uh, i took a phone call this morning uh, there's an opening for a plumber out in texas where joe olstein's oh yeah is. that's right if you haven't heard the story go ahead kurt tell the story oh yeah oh well you just I, you know i won't drag everybody through it because I'm sure most people have heard about it, but if you haven't, just Google Joel Olstein plumber. Just Google that, and it'll it'll come up. Yeah, most of you've I'm heard about it by now. Hell. Oh yeah, I'm just you know? totally shocked, totally shocked that uh, that that would be the situation. But now, Steve, I have a couple of 5K reviews. All right, let's hear them. Okay, as we all know, the 5K review is when I complete a 5K and listen to podcasts that are new to me. Because somebody asked me the other day, because what I'll do is I'll catch up on all of the podcasts that I'm listening to when I'm doing a 5K. But I also try to include some that are new to me. So I found a couple of new ones. And here we go. Let's start with It Takes Two. It Takes Two Pod. Um. It's a podcast where two people take two films with the same plot and premise and watch and discuss them. And they are from New Zealand. Oh. Yeah. Great we country. have listeners over there. Sure. Great country of New Zealand. So here's what I had to say about It Takes Two. I really like the concept of the show. The host's depth of knowledge allows them to keep the topic informative without being too clinical or boring. It is clear that these are discussions they have all the time, and I'm glad they decided to share. Like, download, and subscribe. Again, 
That is It Takes Two Pod from New Zealand. You know, I've been there. I was there for about yeah, three days. You told me. It's very nice country. I really like it there. Do they have kangaroos there? Or is that just Australia? You know, I didn't see any in New Zealand, but that doesn't mean they weren't there. But Australia has them, mm-hmm. obviously. So we went to New Zealand and then Australia. And th- in Australia, I got to throw a boomerang. They taught me how to throw a boomerang. Did it come back? It kind of, kind of came back. It didn't come like right back in my hand like Thor's hammer, but it kind of <laughs> drifted back <laughs> where, where I was, where I was. I'll tell you what, uh, an interesting thing about it. You know the boomerangs you see on TV that c- with the curved shape and yeah. that? So they laid out all of these boomerangs. They laid out three different boomerangs and said, like, this one is for uh, hunting birds. They, they all had different uses. Then they had the one that we're most familiar with. And they said, that one, that's a U.S. Hollywood boomerang. <laughs> <laughs> I said, really? They said, yeah, that has no use. Anyway, so the next one is called the, now I don't want to mispronounce this, K. Botak. K-drama and Korean movies. So it's K-Botak, B-O-T-A-C. I'm sorry, B-O-T-A-K. This person records short podcasts at night to recommend K-dramas, Korean dramas, and Korean cinema. And it's very interesting because I'm watching a lot of Korean horror right now. So here's what I had to say about that. This is an A-plus podcast for sure. The host delivers his well-thought-out reviews in a straightforward professional style infused with his deep knowledge of Korean cinema. His ability to convey a complete focused message in a short time frame is admirable to say the least. Download, listen, and subscribe. That is K-Botak, B-O-T-A-K. Again, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that. But he talks a lot about Korean cinema, Korean horror movies, and... And uh, which I'm going to talk about here a little bit. But those two reviews are on Podchaser. You can go to Podchaser and check them out. And you can also check out other reviews on Good Pods. I've been on Good Pods lately. They're That's really good. So, again, in summary, is K Botak and It Takes Two. Those were the 5K reviews for this episode. You know, I... You know, I... Uh, Decided maybe I will do a 10K review. <laughs> okay. But I tried it last week and I had a heart attack. <laughs> so it was a half a K. Yeah, I was going to say, you might want to do a half a K a half review. Half a K. Half a K review. But now let me stress I'm not like power running these 5Ks. I just, I just walk in these 5Ks at this point. I have an idea to run them, but my knees say, no, no, no. Why don't you just take a walk? From the donut store <laughs> right. to the candy store. <laughs> it's my 5K. <laughs> or from the car to the store. There you go. Well, if you do that like 150 times, you get yourself a 5K. There you go. So what else? You know, the big news in Cincinnati. I think you wanted to talk about the oh, big yeah. news. As we record this, what's today? I don't remember. Uh, it's December this Sunday. 5th. Yeah. It's so big news in Cincinnati. Go ahead, Steve. Big news. The University of Cincinnati football team won yesterday, and that will secure them a place in history 
as either the number four, or the number three team in the college football playoffs. Yeah, this is huge. This is oh, the city's just rocking over. I mean, I don't know if you watched the game yesterday. 40,000 squeezed into tiny Nippert Stadium. And that's about, it I know it only holds about 37. Mm-hmm. So they were just on top of each other. And I watched the UC game. And after the game, there must have been 40,000 people on the field. <laughs> and they, they blocked off just a little tiny square. And everybody was circling it so they could give the championship trophy, mm-hmm. the um, American Athletic Association championship trophy mm-hmm. to Luke Fickle. And I mean, the people were going berserk. So then I watched on the other station, Alabama, Georgia. Right. And Alabama won, and they gave them the trophy. And I swear, there couldn't have been more than 25 people. <laughs> you know, it's just the common thing. They all just left. Alabama's in the champ- playoffs again. Mm-hmm. See ya. They all just turned around and left. Nobody went down on the field. Nobody did anything. Yeah. At the UC game, they all took their phones out and put the flashlights on. I mean, it was surreal moment. Well, that's, that's a, cool. It's a big word for me, surreal. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it was it was a surreal moment. Um, I can't imagine that Coach Fickle would go anywhere else than here. I understand why some of those guys leave, but he's the king of the town here. And he he won't be that somewhere else. Right. Well, I hope he stays because he's obviously turned the program around. Oh, yeah. Well, I can't say turned around. I mean, he's improving the program. That's what I should say. Now, I don't know. If we finish fourth and Alabama finishes first, that's going to be a hard climb to beat Alabama. I would say we'd probably be three touchdown underdogs in that game. But, hey, we made it. We're the first non-Power 5 conference team to make the tournament. And in 10 years, there will have been, what do you think, 100,000 people at that game yesterday instead of the 40 that's all it can hold. Well, you know, it's time for – I'm not going to go on a tangent, but it's time for college football to start. I mean, you can say, you know, all these hypotheticals, well – this team beats this team. Well, you know, this foot, the upsets. Sports are about upsets. Yep. You know? And, okay, Alabama, uh, say they destroy us or Georgia destroys us. Hey, we played to get there. Who, who are you going to put in there? I mean, UC ran the table. The only undefeated they, team right now in college football. Yeah. So, the, to me, to me, they should be number one. They're the only – nobody beat them. That's like our movie thing. Highest grossing movie should win the Oscar. Should win the Oscar. And uh, they played they played Notre Dame, and I'm going by memory, which was what, number nine at the time? Um yeah, something I like that. Something like that. They put Indiana in Notre Dame. In Notre Dame. They they had Indiana on the schedule. We all thought that Indiana was gonna have a better right, year. Right. And then they beat Houston, uh, number yeah. twenty one. Eleven and one they were. And they were eleven and one, so I mean, you have an undefeated team that should be number one ranked. I mean, it's yeah. just that simple. You know, it's just that simple. But if you're going to say Alabama, or Georgia, who's the other one? Alabama, Georgia, Michigan. Michigan. Are are they undefeated? No. Well, they played a tougher schedule. Well, I don't know. I don't know how, 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 if if Indiana had a played up to snuff this year, we could say that we beat Notre Dame and Indiana. 
Right. You know, but who knew Indiana? And that's the perfect example. I think at the end of last year, everybody thought Indiana was going to be a big uh, program this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they did. But, uh, yeah, so UC's in the college football playoff. First time any non-Power 5 conference team. It's history is what you're seeing right today. That is if they vote them in at 1 p.m. Oh, that's right. We'll find out today. By the time this airs, we'll know. We'll know. But if they don't, then if I'm UC, I'm hanging a banner anyway, declaring myself national champs. No one, And I put under it, no one wants to play us, so we are the national champs. Simple as that. You know, that's pretty. that's a pretty good idea. We're undefeated. Nobody beat us. Two years, right? Uh, we got beat last two regular seasons. Two remember regular seasons. We got beat by Georgia. In the oh, yeah. I remember that. Playoff or in the uh, bowl game last yeah, year. Yeah, two regular seasons. Uh, so we're undefeated. We're the champs. <laughs> University of Central Florida did it when they wouldn't let them in the tournament. Yep. They just raised the flag. Yep. We're the champs. I remember when they started the, and I'm not going to, let's see, it must have been. Oh, okay. In boxing, I'm switching gears. For years, we had the WBA and the WBC. Right. Well, then the IBF came along, and they were trying to crown a heavyweight champion. And I'll never forget what Larry Holmes said. He said, I'm undefeated, and I got $110 million in the bank. I'm the champion. (laughs) (laughs) He said, you can call. You can name whoever you want. I'm undefeated, yeah. and I got $110 million. Because, you know, Holmes used to talk about money all the all time. All the time. That's all that mattered to him, money. Yep. He used to talk about it all the time. That's why he got in the ring with uh, Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson. So, big congratulations to UC. And we certainly can't wait to hear what happens. Yeah, I big can. Big congratulations. Yeah. And the other thing is our Bengals, 7-4. and four. Zach Taylor, coach of the year. As we record this, they're seven and four. Yeah. And so, the big biggest thing is, Kurt and I both have tickets from Vegas for him to win the division. Exactly. That's the main thing. You know, one of the coolest things I saw last week when Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon had a career high game. Remember? Yes. And there's a video where he was walking off the field, and he only had on a t-shirt, compression shirt, or whatever, you know. Because uh, he had been doing the interviews. Right. And he's walking off the field, and he takes his cleats off and gives them to this, what appeared to be a father and two sons. Gives the two little boys, that looked like about 10 or 11, gave them his cleats and uh, shook the father's hand and kept going. And my point is, those were his career high cleats, but, you know, just yeah, that's how much he is in tune with the fans and all of yeah, that. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah. Now, did you hear um, last week when they asked Joe Burrow how it felt to beat Pittsburgh twice? He said, well, that means we're 2-0 and against them, but we have bigger aspirations than beating Pittsburgh. Ah, yes. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I did see where, if you remember the game, um, they threw the ball to uh, Higgins, and he almost got his second touchdown. He got knocked down at the one-yard line. Mm-hmm. And – I don't know if it was a timeout at that point, but the Bengals were all in the huddle. If you remember, they scored. They did the two-step dance. Right. While they were in the huddle, they discussed what they were going to do because they knew they were getting in the end zone. (laughs) Right. They just made that up right there. Just made it up right there. And it would look good. Yeah. And that was against 
Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pittsburgh, our hated rivals. So they are in the huddle talking about Super Bowl, I mean, end zone celebrations against Pittsburgh. Against Pittsburgh. Oh, you know, big news. Speaking of uh, degenerate Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, there's Adam Schefter's reporting that Big Ben is telling people this is his last yeah, year. Yeah, I did see that last night. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's one year too late. And, you know, usually when Schefter reports something, he has the inside scoop. Usually. You yeah. know, because a lot of times when I hear NFL news, I'll look on Schefter's Twitter to see what he says. And there's been some times where I heard something and went on his on his uh, site on Twitter, and he basically said, that's not true. And then, and then it turned out not to be true. You know, I, I saw where he, um, if you notice when you watch ESPN and there's a breaking story, they go to him, and it's all different times. He has a camera set up in his house. He's on 24-hour call by the NFL, net, by the ESPN. Is he really? 24-hour call. And, they, um, and he busts in anytime he wants with breaking news. I, I read that yesterday. Really? Yeah. How is he so connected? I I don't know. Steve, you know, during the pandemic, there was a lot of people becoming entrepreneurs and inventing things. And, you know, Shark Tank is oh, uh, yeah. super popular. I watch it all the time. Yeah, I, I watch it too. Uh, it's super popular. People invent stuff, and um, whether it's a gadget or a process, and hope to become successful entrepreneurs. But, you know, this isn't new. Throughout history, people have been inventing things. You know, like yeah. the telephone. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> the microphone that we talk into. The microphone. Unfucking believable. <laughs> <laughs> but I start looking at things on, on, on the that internet thing. You know, what the kids use. The internet. The internet. And I found some very interesting inventors. Okay. Entrepreneurs, inventors that tried to invent things, going all the way back. But what makes these five, and I have them right here, what makes these five different is these are five inventors that were killed by their invention. Oh. Now, you don't hear about this all. No. One of them, the Tommy Bomb or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) One guy invented poison, and he killed him. Killed him. (laughs) So... I thought this was interesting because some of these I've never heard. Some okay. I have, some I All haven't. Right. All right, so let's go first. Now, I'm going to take these in chronological order. Okay. So the year is 1774. Okay. And there's a guy named John Day. He's an English carpenter. And he, is, he has the distinction of being the first ever submarine casualty. Okay. Now let me tell you what happened. In 1774, Day created a wooden diving chamber, and he nicknamed it the Maria, that was meant to remain underwater at a depth of about 130 feet for a full 12 hours before he needed to come up for air. Now, this is 1774, and this thing is made of wood. Just right now, I'm like thinking, that's not working. I mean, I've seen you take, like, like if you were in a swimming pool and you take a bucket in your hand and you put it down and you trap the air. You know how you turn it sideways and the air bubbles? Right. How much air you got to have in there for 12 12 hours? hours. (laughs) So instead, on June 22nd of that year, he locked the Maria and loaded it up with weights for his first ever descent. Well, 
you know, it's loaded with weights. It's yeah. wood. It goes down. The ship did just what you expect the ship loaded with weights to do. It sunk to the bottom with Day trapped inside, and he died. Well, that's... And so I, I imagine the submarine was used with some kind of torpedo, I guess, to sink ships in the, during that time, I guess. I would assume. Uh, I don't know if there's a lot of torpedo ships running around in 1774, but... Let's move on to the next one. I can explain. Yes. There were. What they did is they had a long stick with a explosive device where they would have to get close enough to the boat under the water line and you would stick it. That's no lie. This is the truth. Look it up. You know I'm an expert on, on I know you are, history. but I've never heard that. Yeah. So, But, but I, I know you're an expert in history. However... I think your explanation was like you painted the picture of a guy with a stick with well, a, with, well, with a firecracker on the end in of a, it. In a it's submarine. probably more than a stick. Yeah, you're in a submarine with a long stick. A stick. And it sticks out with an explosive device. When you device say stick, it sounds like they went outside, got a tree limb. Yes. And put a... <laughs> well, that's, that's what a stick is. You take a tree limb, you whittle it down to a stick. <laughs> kind of like a two by four. You take a tree limb Tough guy. and you whittle it down to a two by four. You whittle it down to a long pole. A, a stick. How about a pole? All right, a pole. Okay. But that is that I don't know if that guy did it. I mean, obviously he didn't. <laughs> well, he put weights in a wooden boat and yeah. let it sink to the bottom. Yeah, I know. I know. This is the importance. Of I guess you would cut the weights and it would float up. But this is the importance of having an assistant. Yes. Because you think somebody would have went, hey, man, hey, oh, wait a minute. I don't think this is going to work. But anyway, let's move on. Now, number two on the list is William Bullock, an American inventor living in the mid-19th century who's widely credited as one of the early parents of modern printing press. Okay. So in 1863, Bullock created a new kind of printing machine that substantially cut down on the time and labor used in the widely used, excuse me, rotary printing press that had been rolled out into the public about 20 years before. The only problem with this machine, as is the case with just about every machine created back then, was that it wasn't what we would actually call safe. Bullock... (laughs) Yeah, Bullock saw how unsafe his new invention was on April 3rd, 1867, when his leg got sucked into one of the presses while it was being installed for a local newspaper in Philadelphia. Unfortunately, his leg was crushed and he developed gangrene. Just nine days after the accident, uh, Bullock died on the operation table when they were trying to amputate his limb. I mean, you get gangrene back in them days, you gone. gone. You get on the operating table back then, you dead. <laughs> you are gone. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. When they have to cut you open back then, Jack. All right, number three. In 1917, Soviet engineer oh, oh, Valerian Abakovsky came up with the idea. To Who take was that? V- Val. Val. Came up with the idea to take the best parts of an early airplane onto the best parts of an early rail car and used the resulting newfangled device to carry its Soviet officials around Russia. Now, I saw a picture of this thing. It looked like, it, it, it literally looked, it had a propeller on the front and like a, a train car on it. 
what was supposed to happen with this arrow wagon, as they called it, it was supposed to expedite when you're on a railway. God damn. <laughs> I'd say you leave that in. <laughs> so he called it the arrow wagon. And they Here used it for go. four years. Okay, but they had to shelve it after four years. Because on the 24th of July, 1921, Val was conducting a trip from Moscow with a handful of international delegates when the vehicle suddenly derailed. It killed seven of the 22 people on board, and he was one of them. The dude was only 25 years old. I don't understand this thing at all. Well, it looks like a rail car on a train with a big giant propeller on the front of it, okay. and it's supposed to make it go faster. So you could get a, you could zip around the uh, railway. Okay, so yeah. instead of shoveling so much more coal in, right. you could go faster with right. the propeller. And this dude was 25. I find this hard to believe that it could even work. Yeah. Can you? Well, uh, well, of course, we're not engineers. Well, but apparently it didn't work too well. So we're not engineers, <laughs> no. I guess. Well, it didn't work too well. It killed it. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't understand that. Take I don't trip. think a lot of people understand no. it because you don't see them. No, I. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't understand how jets work, but you see a lot of them, so they must work. Yeah. So the next guy, number four, is Thomas Midgley, was a Pennsylvania-based mechanical engineer who's most well known as the guy who developed the lead that we use in leaded gasoline. Did you know that? No. He's been called the most harmful inventor in history. Oh, God. A forefather for today's climate change hellscape. And just, well, he's supposed to be just not really a great guy, environmentally speaking. And while leaded gas would be a mass public health danger until it was formally banned on the road for in what year? What year do we formally ban? I can remember buying leaded gas. Me too. I would say 1974. See, that's what I would have said. I said 1980, basically. It was 1996. Wow, look at the place, too, now. Isn't it a paradise since we ended the (laughs) lead? I mean, Jesus, I can tell the difference. Well, it wasn't the gas that killed him. Instead, according to a Time Magazine obit from November 13, 1944, he ended up accidentally strangling himself on a harness he devised to get out of bed after he contracted polio years before. David Carradine. Now, we think the polio (laughs) probably was a result of the lead. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think he might have been doing a little bit extra. Yeah, maybe. He had this thing to help him out of bed. And he got strangled in it. Yeah. I think we call that uh, autoerotic asphyxiation. But anyway. (laughs) But anyway, I didn't say that. No, probably sue us now, his family. Yeah, well. What's the difference? What's the difference? Okay, Steve, I have one more. Okay. All of the failed attempts at flying cars didn't stop an Ohio-based inventor named Henry Smolinski from coming up with his own attempt at a part-car, part-plane hybrid Back in the early 70s, this wasn't long ago, the Ave Mazar, as it was called, was pretty much built by smashing the rudders and wings from a Cessna aircraft onto the back of a Ford Pinto. <laughs> and I saw a picture of this thing, and that's exactly what it looks like. Huh. It turns out the thing worked as well as it looked. On September 11, 1973, during a test flight in Camarillo, California, one of the wing struts detached from the body of the Pinto while the machine was in mid-flight. 
Needless to say, the car plummeted, and the Pinto, along with Smolensky, didn't survive the trip. Well, you know, that that's almost like just a regular plane. I mean, think about it. it Planes are like cars uh, with wings on them. I mean, I, but I guess... It didn't work out. His didn't work out. So that you hasn't know, gone into production. You know... <laughs> So, Steve, those are my five inventors who died related to their inventions. It's kind of sad, really. But, you know, they died for their craft. Yeah, and none of them made it. None of them made it. None of those crafts made it. Well, the submarine did. Well, I mean, you know, so eventually he... Well, the guy didn't make the nuclear sub. No, but, I mean, he probably probably took some... Sure, some of his... Some of the stuff. They never took it off the... The train plane or the car plane, <laughs> that's for sure. I still can't picture the train plane. I, I, I can see it. I yeah, see what you're saying. Sure. But just shovel four more lo- loads of coal. <laughs> It'll go to it quick. That's just a, as fast. Of the four you mentioned, that's the dumbest well, you one know, I heard. Well, you know what my question was when I hear this. What, why are you in such a hurry Yeah. to get around back then? Well, Where are you going? Ask the Japanese with the bullet trains. They want to be well, there now. in one minute. Well, that's now. But, I mean, back then, where are you going? Isn't that not like somebody else was getting there faster. Yeah. I you know what it. I mean? I mean, what is there to do in Russia? <laughs> Think about it. Between Leningrad and Moscow. Back then. Yeah. Why are you such a hurry to get around probably Russia? right now. There's probably not too much to do. Although we've never been to Russia. Have you been to Russia? I have not been to Russia. Well. I've not been. I always wanted to go. No, I didn't. We may be there sooner. They're about ready to invade the Ukraine. <laughs> <laughs> we have listeners in the Ukraine, uh, you yes know. Yes, we do. Hey, we're all for you. And I know that if they invade the Ukraine, those three listeners we have are going to be first on the list to go. Check, you know? Yes. Check out the Hungry Revolution. <laughs> Start throwing, uh, you know, Molotov cocktails at the tanks. Right. That'll keep them out. That'll keep them out. We're on your side, buddy. But that's what I have there. That's what I have. That's what I have. I thought that was interesting. You yeah, know, I have to tell you something else that's interesting that I did not know this. Now, we don't talk about music much on this because I think that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, it's for you me. Could go on forever because I could go on forever. But I found something musically that I did not. Not that I know everything, but I did not know this. Okay. Now there's this song. There's this song that has been covered for years, okay? And I'm not going to tell you the name of it first. I just want to tell you a little bit about it. This song has been covered over 400 times. It's one of those songs that you hear, and I can only relate it to, like, um, Mustang Sally. (laughs) You know, you hear hear Mustang Sally everywhere. Every band you go to, they play Mustang Sally, okay? Now, the first thing I want to tell you about Mustang Sally, since I brought it up, was I really thought it was about a girl with a Mustang. That's what I thought it was about forever until I figured it out. But anyway. And so this song is called Stagger Lee. Okay. You ever heard, I know you've heard that song. And you know what? I probably don't know it from you just saying it. Mm-hmm. But... I'm sure I've heard this song. Oh, uh, you, you, you've heard it. Okay. So this song is about a guy named Lee Shelton. Okay. And they called him Stagger Lee, which became 
either stack only or staggerly. Okay. But let me tell you about Lee Shelton. And okay. I never knew this until like three days ago. All right. The historical Lee Shelton was an African-American born in 1865 in Texas. He later worked as a carriage driver in St. Louis, Missouri, where he gained a reputation as a pimp and a gambler. <laughs> okay. And evidently served as a captain in a Black 400 Club, a political social club with a dubious reputation. Old Stagger Lee was not a common pimp, as described by Cecil Brown. Lee Shelton belonged to a group of pimps known in the Saint, in St. Louis as the Max. The Max were not just urban strollers. They represented them. They presented themselves as objects to be desired. He was nicknamed Stag Lee, or Stack Lee, possibly because. He went stag, meaning he was without friends, or took the nickname from a well-known riverboat captain called Stack Lee. John and Alan Lomax claimed that the nickname came from a riverboat owned by the Lee family of Memphis called Stack Lee, which was known for its onboard prostitution. Lee Shelton's nickname was later corrupted into various other forms in, in folk tradition. Now... So you're saying, what does that have to do with the song? Well, on Christmas night in 1895, Lee Shelton shot Billy Lyons in a St. Louis saloon following dispute. Now, here's a story as it appeared in the 1895 Globe Democrat. Williams, William Lyons, 25, of Levy Hand, was shot in the abdomen yesterday evening at 10 o'clock in the saloon of Bill Curtis at 11th and Morgan Streets by Stagger Lee. Lyons and Sheldon were friends, and they were talking together. Both parties, it seems, had been drinking and, they were, and, and were feeling in exuberant spirits. The discussion drifted to politics, and an argument was started, the conclusion of which was that Lyons snatched Sheldon's hat from his head. So Lyons snatched old Stagger Lee's hat off his head. That, indign that indignity demanded a return. Lyons refused, and Sheldon withdrew his revolver and shot Lyons in the gut. When his victim fell, fell to the floor, Staggerly took his hat from the hand of the wounded man and walked <laughs> and walked away. Badass. He was subsequent, subsequently arrested and locked up at the Chestnut Street station. Lyons was also taken to the dispensary where his wounds were pronounced serious. And that is the story of Staggerly. And that is what the song is about. Really? Yes. I had no idea. I had no idea. No, uh-uh. I've been hearing that song forever. Now, he was convicted, and he went to prison for 25 years. His, um, well, it had to be 100. It had to be, what, when he shot the guy, 70? No, no, he wasn't that old. Well, you said 1895, right? No, this happened in uh, 1895. So you figured he was a, 1865, he was a slave. No one to be a carriage guy. He can't say he must. What the hell are you talking about? Okay, well, he was he, born in eighteen sixty-five. Oh, he was born in eighteen sixty-five. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah, well yeah, then yeah. he's a young guy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought for some reason I thought I don't know what. Well, he well he didn't get he died in prison. He got out of prison. He got out. Of, he was paroled in nineteen oh nine. Okay, and then he went back two years later for assault and robbery. There was a shocker. Yeah. Couldn't get parole. He died in Missouri State Penitentiary in t 1912 from tuberculosis, of all things. Well. Yeah. I never knew that's what that was about. No, I did not either. 
So, Steve, it's time for me to ask you a simple question. I have a simple question. What did we learn today? Well, the first thing we learned was you must listen to the K Botak uh, podcast and the It Takes Two podcast, which, and they can be found on all of your social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Podchaser, Good Pods. You can find them everywhere. That's the first thing we learned. Second thing we learned was you told us about UC. Yes. The University of Cincinnati going to make the first ever college football playoff by a non-Power 5 uh, football program. First ever. Ever. Which is great. Then we learned that there's at least five people that we know of. At least five. I'm sure there's a hundred more that died at the hands of their invention. Then we learned old Stagger Lee, Lee Shelton, yeah. that I never knew. I never, ever knew this because I don't particularly like the song. But I never, ever knew the background of Lee Shelton. So if you want to read something entertaining, punch in Stagger Lee in Wikipedia. But we, we continue to appreciate everybody's support. And I should mention uh, right here that please continue to support all indie podcasts our Cincinnati-based podcast, The Slay Queens, and the Cincy Fan Talking. Please continue to support the Cincinnati-based podcast. We love those guys and all indie podcasts. You know, you know, a lot of these movie stars and celebrities, they put out a podcast uh, talking about the color of the paint in their wall and they get a million hits. Yeah, I know. But we like to support the indie podcast that people like us doing this in their homemade studios trying to provide some information and or entertainment so keep doing that and that's all we have this week i'm kurt i'm steve thanks for listening everybody hey steve i'm not gonna be around next week i gotta go out and help this plumber fix joel's dean's wall grab a handful of cash for me okay